Welcome to a special Tony's Prediction episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini, and I don't know how many years I've been talking about the Tony Awards with our guest for today, but whether it's been on Broadway Radio or on his own podcast, The O. Henry Report, Oliver Roth and I have been discussing the Tonys now for, I mean, it's got to be, what, four or five years now, Oliver? Yeah, it must be. Um, I'm trying to remember the first race that we did. I know the first one that I ever like, quote unquote, covered, uh, you know, blog wasn't that it was the fun home year, which was, I think, mm. 2013 or 14. And yeah, I think it would have been a little think, after that. Yeah, I think it was like 15 or 16 that we started talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an annual tradition. This year, it's a little different um, because, Oliver, I know because of a lot of things going on with you, you haven't been able to dive deep into the minutia and the yeah. analytics of the Tony Awards like you normally do. Also, I, I correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of years you are involved with one, two, three, seven productions nominated for the Tonys. Uh, I don't believe you're involved with any production this season, correct? Well- uh, sort of. I have uh, so my production company has some money in two shows, but they're two shows that aren't really represented in the Tonys. Uh, okay. It's Funny Girl and Macbeth. So yeah, so 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 basically, your answer is correct. Uh, we'll find out over the course of the next year because uh, w- I actually don't know why this year has been so weird for me. But I know that it's a mixture of I don't have a horse in the race really, and um, also just you know the pandemic has really changed my. Uh, consumption of Broadway, uh, you know, media. I, I used to listen to to this. I imagine this is on, you know, some sort of Broadway. Like I used to listen to every single thing that gets published here. I now am lucky if I, you know, can listen to three today on Broadway's in a week. Um, I'm offended. My, my, well, it's my, you know, it's like my commute's been shut up, been cut out. So all the time that I usually spend perusing Playbill and Broadway World and listening to it, like it's been cut out. And now I just like. Uh, I don't know if it's just me or or everyone. I feel like everyone else consumed way more media since the pandemic, but that's just what's happened to me. And and I think that's part of why I'm a little late to the gun here is I haven't really been following along with what kind of press uh, all the different productions have been putting out there as they campaign. Yeah, and I think part of that also that just for me, I feel a lot of the same way. I have not my... Broadway real estate spreadsheet and database is in complete disrepair. I just haven't felt the need to do anything with that yet. But with all of these announcements we've had over the past couple of weeks about shows coming in, shows closing, um, I feel like the machine is starting to get revved up. So I'll be interested to see if either mine or yours or the, the community's collective consciousness about what's going on with theater news picks back up. Um, or maybe we've moved on, um, you know, yeah. you and me individually, you know, who knows? No, I, I mean, we were texting last, uh, yesterday evening as, you know, the third closing notice was, you know, yeah. a long, of quote unquote, long running show, you know, in, in a single week. And I, I felt the bug coming back. I felt, I feel like, yeah. you know, there's, there's games to be played now. Um, as you, you know, as, as I know, you and I both love playing. Yeah. So, so we'll see, but, 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 you know, the, the headline is, um, and I think I, I told you this before we started recording, but the, the analysis that I always do to kick off my, um, you know, my whole Tony sort of thing and prediction, predictive model. I usually run this analysis the day that nominations come out. I just ran it today, knowing that we were recording. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of saddened by that, but it's sort of cool. Uh, and also I'm crossing my fingers. It's been in the works for a few years and I always forget to do it until it's too late, but I really next year I'm hoping to uh, 
finished model 2.0. So it'll be really interesting because more than other years, my predictions are going to be based off of the mathematical uh, uh, you know, calculations as opposed to what I'm sort of hearing on, on the street uh, and, and, and how I am, you know, reacting to the, to the, to the math as, as, you know, uh, as weeks pass by. Uh, so, so we will see together on Sunday how all this goes. Yeah, and I will set a calendar reminder in like February to text you and remind you to start working on 2.0. Um, yeah, so we'll do that. So real quick, before we get into these, can you give us a real quick um, explainer as to what goes into your model, how you do this for those of us who are not statistically and analytically yeah. inclined? Yeah, so the um, the basic... The, the the core of the model is previous awards. Uh, so the Outer Critics Drama League Drama Desk Awards. There's some other awards as well that come out, um, but those are the ones that seem to that that hold the most weight. Um, every year, I don't think this year I've made a change to this model. Uh, but every year, there's always a category that you know is close, and I come up with new ways to 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 um, to quantitatively assess that. And so. Uh, there are other indicators. For example, each category at this point has a um, uh, the 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 imp- the importance of whether the show is open or not is a, is another important uh, distinction, right? Like in general, we we tend to sort of know anecdotally that the closed shows have a harder time winning these awards, especially production awards. Um, the model takes into account well what is closed and what is open, and historically, how likely is it in any given category that a closed show can win that award. Um, similar to similar thing with like uh, categories where uh, revivals and new shows are um, com- you know, competing against one another, which is basically everything but the production awards. Um, there are historical trends about uh, which type of production, uh, a second or third version of that production or the first one um, in, in some of these categories, the first tends to win and sometimes it's slight sometimes it's more severe in other categories like uh, a lot of the physical production categories the ties tends to go to the revival so it's those kind of things and and there's you know for for, for different uh, categories there are different variables and I'm, I'm constantly adding to them um but anything where you can uh where you can definitively say that this happened or didn't happen so is the show open is this not open did it win the drama desk did it not win the drama desk is it a revival is it a, a, a a new play, uh, anything like that that can be quantified because it's a simple yes, no. Uh, I try to incorporate into the model. And how do you do that? Because there's a couple shows here that I think are leading to win right. best play and best musical. Is how do you factor in shows that are not eligible for some of those precursor awards in this season? So if, yeah. because of Strange Loop and Lehman Trilogy were eligible in previous seasons, do their wins and nominations carry over for the Broadway production? How do you figure that in? So. So funny to bring that up. My, one of the one of the key changes that that will ha- that will be incorporated into Model 2.0 is that I will be tracking uh, every year whether something is you know if something announces a Broadway transfer, um, automatically the uh, its success off Broadway will be incorporated, and so I will be able to get new um, sort of weighted. Uh, it's a sort of a point system that I use, and so there will be new weighted points based on that. What I've been doing for the last, you know, whatever, since since 2014 or whatever, is um, s- sort, of, s- sort of using human, you know, accounting to, to, to figure that out. So, for example, 
if uh, in, a, in a category where strength, uh, here's a great example, uh, best music, right? best score. Well, Strange Loop won that, uh, won the Dramatist for that. Um, well, it, uh, yeah, won the Dramatist, sorry. I was trying to remember whether this is the case. I didn't just look at this stuff today. Uh, but uh, it, it won best, not best score, not best music, but it doing best lyrics and best book at the Dramatists last season. Um, so is that a win this season? No. Does it get the full point? No, but I'll give it like 0.9 points in that regard. Um, and because it, because it did win where it gets tricky and where model 2.0 will do much better than model 1.0 because this, because it'll be mathematically uh, calculated and not just whatever Oliver thinks is a lot of times um, in those other awards, recent years excluded uh, because you had a strange loop and this year you had um, Kimberly Akimbo win a lot of things, but a lot of times the off Broadway show won't win that. Um, like they'll, it'll favor the Broadway show. So a lot of times what you'll have is you'll have the front runner of the Tonys or the presumed front runner have won nothing because it was off Broadway and the voters didn't vote for the off Broadway show. Uh, this year we didn't have that problem because strange loop, happened to do very well the only i, I mean uh, lehman had that issue and to some extent go from the north country had that issue but certainly in terms of the the musical front runner that was uh not an issue this year all right well we're going to kind of bounce around in the categories here um we are going to hit every single tony category I, I think as long as i don't lose track of them but let's start off with some interesting ones here and let's go with the featured performance categories and let's start with a best performance by an actor in a featured role in a play the nominees are alfie allen for hangman chuck cooper for trouble in mind Jesse Tyler Ferguson for Take Me Out, Ron Cephas Jones for Clyde's, Michael Oberholzer for Take Me Out, and Jesse Williams for Take Me Out. Uh, Oliver, what is the model saying for this category? So the model saying just Jesse Tyler Ferguson, um, and but uh, I will say it's it's not like the least confident category. I also have a confidence interval that it that it um, calculates, which is nothing you know too fancy. It's just it's just what it like you know, the, the range of least likely to most likely that the, the closer that range is the least confident the model is. Um, it, it's actually more confident than I, than I would think. So I, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, according to the model has a 29% chance of winning this award. Um, that's not that great. Uh, but, but there are six people in this category right. where there's normally right. five. So, so yeah. And there, by the way, one thing we didn't talk about and we probably don't have time, but there are a lot of, I haven't, you might know this. I don't, this is an example of me just being naive this year. Did they change the uh, rule for when they would add another nominee? Because there seemed to be a lot this year. And I, I only realized that today. Yeah, they they have not, a, as, as far as I know, none of the rules change. And I did not look to see the rules that they put out. But in the featured categories, three of them, yeah. three of the four categories have six nominees. Yeah. And correct gonna, me if I'm wrong, is there one category that has seven nominees too? Uh, it's supposed to just uh, normally, be normally that would be normally I'd be able to tell you, but I, uh, maybe I added so I was adding a lot of of, of rows throughout this, and, and part of it is because there are so many with six nominees. The other is because last year we had so few nominees in some categories right. that you know when I when I sort of I always take last year's model and build upon it. Um, so I don't remember seven, but there might be. Um, but but anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow I'm gonna figure out this thing about. Um, you know, when the sixth gets added uh, and, and I'll report back to you. 
Um, and maybe you can tell your, you know, tell the listeners on, yeah. on, on the next, uh, the next today on Broadway or something. But, um, uh, Ron Cephas Jones is also, you know, uh, uh, doing pretty well here. Um, punching above his weight when you consider the fact that the show is closed, which, um, is, is pretty, is, you know, pretty indicative for this award about 75% yeah. of the time the, the show is open when the featured actor wins. Um, but he, so if, so just Tiger Ferguson is 29%, Ron Cephas Jones is 17%. There's some people in between them, but the reason I point out Ron Cephas Jones is he, that's a pretty high percentage point for, for knowing that 75% of the time, uh, the show has got to be open for the person to win. Well, and he won, just won the drama desk that we just yes, found correct. out and nobody from Take Me Out was even nominated. There are half of the nominees in this category for the Tony are from Take Me Out, and none of them were nominated um, for the Drama Desk, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that's right. So, so I, I, my money is, ooh, I uh, oh, I'm, I'm now I'm not sure. See, this is where if I had had some time and and you weren't and we weren't talking right after I did this analysis, I, I would probably have a more well formulated opinion. Um, I'm gonna go with Jesse here, uh, but I would not be surprised if Ron Stevens Jones upsets. And and I would just throw in just for kicks and giggles, I feel like there's a there's a late hangman Alfie Allen surge going on. Um, I feel like now I'm not predicting him to win in this category. I would probably go with Jesse Tyler Ferguson as well. But I do think that the love that we had for hangman after the Atlantic run and everyone thought it was going to win a bunch of stuff. I feel like some people are starting to remember that. And Alfie mm-hmm. Allen wasn't a part of the Atlantic production, but um, in a fairly muddled category with three people from one show and um, two other nominees from a show that's from shows that are closed. Uh, I feel like Alfie Allen might have an inside track because his show is running and he's not paired up with two of his co-stars in that category too. So yeah. just throwing that one out there. That'd be a pretty big curve. If that happened, that would, I would be, be an surprise, but, 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 but I believe, I, I, I believe you that maybe that's happening and I'm not aware of it. Yeah. All right. Best performance by an actress in a featured role in a play. Another six person category. Uzo Aduba from Clyde's, Rachel Dratch from POTUS, Kanetta R. Miller from For Colored Girls, Felicia Rashad for Skeleton Crew, Julie White from POTUS, and Kara Young for Clyde's. Uh, interestingly enough, six people in this category. Four of them are from two shows with Uzo and Kara for Clyde's and Rachel and Julie from POTUS and then Kanetta and Felicia Rashad. So what do you have uh, with the model winning here? So this is a really tight race, according to, to the math. Um, actually, much, much closer than the uh, than fe- featured actor. Um, the model says Felicia Rashad will win. Uh, but she's trailed very closely by both Julie White and Rachel Dratch. Um so model says model says Felicia Rashad. I think there's also a pretty good shot. I think Uzo was the front runner going into the race, um, just based on what I sort of was hearing around town and maybe what the model would have said at the beginning of the race. Um, I'm a little biased here. I'm I'm the 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 ticketing and pricing consultant for POTUS, um, and so I try not to let that ever influence me. But I have seen that show because I have seen that show more than I've seen the other shows. But I will say. I am feeling a Rachel Drachman here. I think oh, wow. uh, Rachel 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 has a very um, standout performance in that show. And also the reason that I think Rachel Drachman might win is uh, she 
because she was a more namey person uh, who's never, you know, Broadway debut, um, when in conversation about nomination, she was constantly in the press. Um, so I think that she might be sort of a salient, uh, a, a name. So I'm going to go with Rachel, but I'm, I, I'm sort of hedging against the numbers a little bit and, and maybe a little bit biased. And Felicia Rashad is, is certainly in the lead, but it's not a big enough spread that I don't think Rachel could, could, could squeak out a, a win. That's interesting. I, I don't necessarily have a, a good feeling as to who's coming out of this, but I would have thought Kanetta R. Miller would have had a better shot just based off of performance. Um, I, I did not see Skeleton Crew, but I saw the others. And her performance was probably my favorite out of all of them, but I'm not sure what that means. That show was so underattended that who knows if even all of the voters got to see it. And that means they shouldn't be voting in the category, but that's probably not going right. to happen. So, um, so we'll see. But I'll right. say, you know, feature, featured actor and featured actress, especially in a play, is one of the ones where the model is the least good at. So, you know, we'll take that for what it is. For, for what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So let's go to best performance by an actor in a featured role in a musical. Matt Doyle for Company, Sidney DuPont for Paradise Square, Jared Grimes for Funny Girl, John Andrew Morrison for A Strange Loop, and A.J. Shively for Paradise Square. There has been one person, actually one role, that has been the lead, I feel like, in this category since before even casting was announced. Um, I wonder if the model is saying that that role and that person are still the favorite in this category. Yeah, yeah I think so. Matt Doyle uh, is, is pretty likely to win. Um the model says forty five percent, which feel might feel low, but remember that means that that a little less than flip, flipping. If he did this a hundred times, about half the time uh, he would win. Like if if you voted a hundred times, um, yeah. I actually think that might be a little low. Like just anecdotally, it feels like Matt Doyle would win more than half the times that you ran a simulation of this. But um, everyone else is pretty much exactly in the same spot at you know twelve to fifteen percent. And so, uh, given that, I think that Matt Doyle is a clear front runner, runner and, and going to win there. Yeah, I agree. All right, best performance by an actress in a featured role in a musical. Uh, Jeanette Bayardell for Girl from the North Country, Shoshana Bean for Mr. Saturday Night, Jane Howdyshell for The Music Man, L. Morgan Lee for A Strange Loop, Patti Lapone for Company, and Jennifer Samard for Company. Again, although she was cast, I feel like Patti Lapone has been the favorite in this category since long before a Broadway transfer was even announced for me personally don't think she deserves to win but uh not that she's not great but we've seen that we've been there we've done that before but I don't know who really stands out in this category I think Jennifer Samard has a lot of public support but to me her role is not a Tony winning role even though she is great as well L. Morgan Lee has history on her side so maybe that gives her a bump in the consciousness for the voters but i'm interested to hear what the model says on this one yeah this is fairly similar to the matto situation uh patty's like almost definitely gonna win i think the other thing here and we'll talk about this this is sort of in in my memory this is sort of a uniquely the story of, of this uh, of this season and maybe it's you know someone else can figure out how this applies to the fact that it was born out you know it's a season born out of the pandemic but I think um, there isn't a very clear second best in in a lot of these categories. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just like in featured actor, where you go from forty five percent for Matt Doyle to you know fifteen percent for pretty much everyone else, um, here you go from forty three percent to again 
15%. So, uh, and, and we'll be talking about, about that constantly. So I think Patty's got it. I think the other thing that's sort of interesting is just the, for, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if I were voting, if I wasn't voting for Patty, which I probably wouldn't, because I think I feel the same way as you do, I'd probably vote for Jennifer Smart, but I don't think that's a very likely narrative considering they're both in the same show. Mm-hmm. So they will both have probably similar support. So um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think there's any very clear second uh, second vote. And I think that whoever's not voting for Patty is going to be split and Patty will win. Yeah. All right. We're going to move to some of the creative categories here. But before we do that, I want to read for, to you from the Tony rules and regulations. And I will say this are these are dated at, from the 2018-2019 season, but this is the latest version of the rules that is on the Tony Awards official website. So that okay. leads me to believe that they have not changed the rules since then. If they have, they have not made them public. But the section in question says, there shall be no more than four nominees in each category, provided, A, if there are at least nine eligible candidates for nomination in any of the 26 established competitive categories, then there shall be five nominees in that category. B, in the event that there is a two-way or three-way tie for the last slot of nominations in any of the 26 established competitive categories, both or all three of those candidates shall be nominated. So um, with those six, those three categories that there are six of, that does seem to indicate that there was a tie for what would have been the fifth spot. Um, Again... If the rules have been changed since 2018, 2019, we don't know because they haven't made yeah. those public. But that's that's was my recollection of the rules, and it seems like that is still what's in play. Yeah, that's definitely what the rules were. I, the reason I wasn't sure, like it, it, I'm in my memory, there have never been this many. And I, I don't know if, uh, yeah. if we can count, but like there are a lot of six. Uh, you know, we just we 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 one two three yeah. four. I think both of the featured actor ones are. Yeah, three of the four categories we just talked about were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so so there you go. So a lot of ties going on this year. Yeah. Um, anyway, so right. what, what, which category are you going to next? Let's do best orchestrations. The sure. nominees are David Cullen for Company, Tom Curran for Sixth the Musical, Simon Hale for Girl from the North Country, Jason Michael Webb and David Holsenberg for MJ, and Charlie Rosen for a strange loop. Um, I have not seen MJ. I have seen the rest of these to me in terms of orchestrations. Uh, I would give it to girl from the North country just because those are so interestingly and uniquely done, not only because they differ so much from the original Bob Dylan versions, but because of how well integrated the musicality is to the cast itself. To me, that's the most interesting, but I, I don't feel like that probably is likely to win. Yeah, I'm missing a few data. Uh, for some reason, I'm just realizing, I, I don't know if I filled this out fully, but uh, from what I filled out, MJ looks, I mean, I would give it to MJ. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm an MJ fanboy. I love that show. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to go to MJ. Um, I, I would believe that Girl from the North Country might be in the, in the competition. And certainly the model does, does say that it is. Um, and I think like, you know, with orchestrations, uh, it's, I don't think company, and I really actually don't think go from the North country. I think it's going to be a, a six MJ or strange loop. I think MJ will probably win um, unless we see a sweep from strange loop, um, which we'll talk about a little later, but that is a, a definite possible scenario for Sunday night. Yeah. All right, move on to best choreography. The nominees are Camille A. Brown for, for colored girls who've considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. 
Warren Carlyle for The Music Man, Carrie Ann Ennui for Six, Bill T. Jones for Paradise Square, and Christopher Wielden for MJ. Now, this is something that I believe Ashley and I, or Grace and I, I can't remember. Ashley, I think it was Ashley and I discussed I on today Ashley, on Broadway. Yeah. We discussed the fact that in these awards, and I'm interested in how, if at all, this factors into your model. Um, in these awards, Bill T. Jones for Paradise Square and Christopher Wielden for MJ are nominated by themselves. In other awards, they are nominated with choreographing collaborators. In Bill T. Jones's case, for folks who did the Irish step dancing type choreography and in Christopher Wilden's case, folks who did the Michael Jackson specific choreography. So those other contributors are not recognized here. And I wonder if at all that has any implications into one, how people might look at these categories. And two, I don't know how you factor that into any type of model when it is still the person at the top of the credit being nominated. So, uh, I'm going to answer this twofold. Uh, the first is to say it does not factor into the model in this category, but that you there are situations. So every time the um, uh, eligibility committee meets and announces things, you'll note that in addition to announcing whether someone's a you know lead or 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 featured actor or you know whether something's a revival or a new new play, that um, they also announce. Um, Things like, and I can't remember one from this year, but you know, things like you, know, this person and that person are, are both going to be considered Consider eligible jointly. for best set, yeah. right? And then generally, if it's best set, that means the projections person and the set designer. That is is taken into consideration because all those other awards have uh, projection awards. So there is a piece of a date, like when the eligibility committee says the projections will be considered, I can then use the data for well, how good were those projections? Um, that It's not that well built out yet, but it is sort of factored in. Here it's not, and I have to be honest, I heard that conversation. It's it's a smart conversation, it's a smart observation. If I were a voter, I would have never thought, like, uh, the choreography is the choreography, I think. Um, and I think, I think it was more a decision by the other administration committees, the OCCs and the drama desk, to be specific and inclusive, or actually it was actually being exclusive, but like to be specific, I don't think that it will be reversed. So I don't think that like the the voters are going to say, oh, I have to only judge MJ by the non-MJ choreography. Uh, and and with that, uh, I think MJ is going to win. Uh, Model is a very slight edge to Paradise Square, but uh, I think MJ is going to win that award. Interesting. And does is there any difference in the fact that one of these nominees is for technically for a play versus a musical? Yeah, uh, which is that it's really, really rare that a that a play wins best choreography. I actually don't know if it's ever happened. I have to check. Uh, I yeah. thought it was gonna. Did it happen with Harry Potter? I don't think it did. I no. thought it was maybe gonna happen for Harry Potter, but it didn't. Yeah, uh, interesting. That I, I having now seen Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, I definitely think it deserved the nomination because that it, it's brilliant. Brilliantly staged. But anyway, yeah. moving back to this year, let's go to Best Direction of a Play. Liliana Blaine Cruz for The Skin of Our Teeth, Camille A. Brown again for For Colored Girls, Sam Mendez for The Lehman Trilogy, Neil Pepe for American Buffalo, and Les Waters for Dana H. What is the model saying here, Oliver? So, okay, here's a perfect example of where I would have absolutely, well, either I have to like look closer at this or add new um, indicators because. 
my intuition goes way far away from what the model says. And it's also, the model's not that confident, but the model says Neil Pepe is going to win. Um, and I don't think that's really very likely. No, I, I think, uh, I think that Sam, and, and, and I'll tell you why that's probably happening, uh, which is the front runner. Uh, I actually don't know why that's happening. Um, well, you know why it's happening is because the front runner is, is, is closed. Um, and so what, what, I, you know, in this case where it's pretty clear that the model is wrong, um, that's when I love to, in, in normal years, dig in and say, okay, well, that means that this algorithm is, is flawed. What other variables can I look at that will get it a little closer to true? Because I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I mean, the historical accuracy of the variables I am using are what they are. So it is, if, if uh, this season, you know, without any of the talk about the Tonys or the art, if it looks exactly like other seasons used to look, he would win. Like that's, that's what math is. Um, but uh, that is just not, not the case. So I, I think Sam Mendes is going to win. Um, and I, and I would, you know, next year I will look into making that predictive better. It's, yeah, this, this system, not a category that usually gets so wrong. So there's something to look at there. Yeah, I mean, it's again one of those categories where the 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 favorite has been closed for a while now, and it's also a category where the favorite was not eligible for a lot of the precursor awards because it also had an right. off Broadway run. So I know Which, you factor I, that in too, but I mean, it's, it's that, a, yeah, that that off Broadway run also didn't fare too well. Like I, I was actually surprised. I was surprised, and and maybe I need to did look at a different year that I was looking at or something. But I was quite surprised at how little they were nominated for at the um, Armory. Yeah, it's just kind of a weird category in a weird year. And obviously the pandemic messes with things as well, too. But I would be shocked if Sam Mendes doesn't win in this category. I think Liliana Blaine Cruz is probably worthy and Camille Brown um, probably deserves her flowers here, too. But I would be shocked if Sam Mendes didn't win. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's right. Um, and I and I am already now thinking about things that probably could have corrected this, but uh, whatever. Too it's, late. It's Thursday, it's Thursday night. We'll do it next year. <laughs> <laughs> Make note. Take notes. Um, all right. Best direction of a musical: Stephen Brackett for A Strange Loop, Marion Elliott for Company, Connor McPherson for Girl from the North Country, Lucy Moss and Jamie Armitage for Six, and Christopher Wheeldon for MJ. This is an interesting one. You've talked about the potential for a Strange Loop sweep. I don't feel I feel like they're going to win plenty of awards. I don't feel like this is a Hamilton level sweeping everything it's nominated for. So even yeah, though I, this, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I just I, this is one where I think like the conventional wisdom would say the Pulitzer Prize winning, you know, sweeping all the other awards uh, show is going to win Best Direction. And I don't think it is. No, um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think this is pretty firmly Marion Elliott's uh, uh to win. Actually, I think if, it, if it's not Marion Elliott, I think it might be a six win. But 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 that is so unlikely uh, that it's not Marion Elliott. Yeah, I, I would be shocked if Marion Elliott didn't win this, and I would be honestly quite disappointed if that were the case. Yeah, uh, I think I think everyone. I think I, that is I think a foregone. I think where company has it, company really has it. You know, like uh, yeah. we've now gone through two where they have where they are pretty much locks. Oh, yeah. sorry, three. Three. Yeah. yeah, three. 
All right, let's do some real quick um, technical categories here. Let's start with one that I know that you're actually really interested to talk about, and that is best uh, best sound design of a play. The nominees are Justin Ellington for for Colored Girls, Mikael Fiskel for Dana H, Palmer Hefferin for The Skin of Our Teeth, Nick Powell and Dominic Bilkey for the Lehman Trilogy, and Mikael Suleiman for uh, Macbeth. So obviously this is one where you do have a horse in the race, but I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are, especially with something like Dana H, where that well, is that's, super interesting. That's why this is interesting because um, so my rule and I actually don't, well, I can play right now. Hold on one second. So this isn't even, it's, I've never even actually put this in the model, but I told you this before a million times. And I say it every time uh, a play with live music never loses this award. Uh, so, why Choir Boy won it. Uh, the I think the Inheritance won it last year, which wasn't even live music. Christmas, but, uh, but Christmas was, Carol, I think. Won. Oh, Chris, Christmas Carol. Sorry, Christmas yeah. Carol, which was right. So, sorry, Christmas Carol, which was live music, beat uh, the Inheritance, which was not which was not live, and I think also won the Olivier for it. So, uh, live music wins this award. What's interesting about this cat about this year is Dana H was so sound centric um and 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 by the way i think the reason for that is like uh you know for my naive ears like if you can balance the 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 design of of like live instruments it's like seems harder than than people speaking um and and i think that's sort of why it happens um so the model has it actually neck and neck between dana h and lehman with for color uh with Macbeth and for color girls behind them um I, oof, uh, I think Dana H might pick up this award, um, but but it's neck and neck with Lehman. Like I, it is. A, it, what's interesting about this is that an exact tie with Lehman, and um, for different reasons, which is actually quite rare to see in the model. Yeah, I mean, they're both obviously for very different reasons. Lehman does use a lot of music. They do, and again, not live, but. Um, he uses a lot of music. I think think there was a, I might be wrong, but I think there might be a live piano. Oh, you know, you, you're right. There is a live piano. There absolutely is. You're right. And I, I didn't see it on Broadway. I saw it at the armory and it was, it was down there on the, uh, uh, house right side of the stage, I think in front of whatever their makeshift apron was, I, but it was a kind of a weird setup, but yeah. I also didn't see DNAH on Broadway, but like, it's just hard to separate that the, the yeah. what that production is with the sound design. So um, here's the deal: if Dana H wins, then like I'm going to say Dana H, and I think it's going to win. But if Lehman wins, then there really is no beating live music on, in this category. Yeah. All right, let's do sound design for a musical. Simon Baker for Girl from the North Country, Paul Gatehouse for Six, Ian Dickinson for Autograph for Company, Drew Levy for A Strange Loop, and Gareth Owen for MJ. I have nary a thought in this category. So, well, it's interesting. Yeah, you, well, you had some thought when I listened to Tim Rowe the other day, and it's interesting because I didn't actually, I haven't heard you talk about this before, but I've talked to a lot of people. I think the weakest part of A Strange Loop was its sound design. That's true. Uh, Ashley has beat that drum. anyone I've talked to who yeah. sat in the mezzanine could not hear the show um and that includes me i signed the mezzanine and i could barely hear the show um which okay so we're gonna i'm just gonna go back to this thing if because this this will probably be an early award it'll probably be announced in the first hour actually almost definitely if a strange loop wins this then you can sort of go home and give it the musicals yeah. uh, i'm gonna go with mj for this uh but i think it could easily be any of them 
Um, I'm just go- the model says it's MJ, so I'm going to go MJ. All right, moving on to best lighting design of a play: Joshua Carr for Hangman, Ji Yoon Chang for For Colored Girls, John Clark for the Lehman Trilogy, Jane Cox for Macbeth, and Yi Zhao for The Skin of Our Teeth. Again, you have a horse in this race, but yeah, uh, uh, this is going to go to Lehman. Yeah, the, yeah. I don't disagree there. Um, Best lighting design of a musical, Neil Austin for Company, uh, Tim Daling for Six, Donald Holder for Paradise Square, Natasha Katz for MJ, Bradley King for Flying Over Sunset, and Jen Jen Schriever for A Strange Loop, another category with six nominees. This is is actually, I've actually never seen this before. Uh, The model is telling me out, out, out to three decimal points that there is zero confidence. Uh, so normally it's like, you know, uh, a point something. And then if it's like point zero zero something, it's like, for example, lighting of a play, it's pretty confident. It's actually over one, which is, which is real, uh, like a high confidence. Uh, so that's interesting. And I'm also equally, absolutely not confident uh, uh, in this. I, I can see a, a reason for all of these. I think I might go with, okay, here's the thing. Company, the lighting's great. And I think is like, you know, it's, 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 um, it's Marion Elliott, it's neons. Um, six, like it's a concert and the lighting is, is great. Paradise Square, also really dramatic lighting. MJ, really dramatic lighting. Flying over Sunset, Lincoln Center, you know, they do physical production. Great. And a strange loop, I think also, here's what I'm going to say. I don't think this is like, this could, this is a total coin coin, coin toss. I'm going to go to strange loop because I am starting to feel like a strange, like a tie goes to strange loop this year. Okay. I think that's fair. But there's no wrong answer. Yeah. I don't have Except, a, I don't have a until, thought until Sunday night. Then there's no wrong yes, answer. Yes, there are wrong answers then. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move into the um, leading performance categories, and let's start with best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play: Simon Russell Beale for the Lehman Trilogy, Adam Godley for the Lehman Trilogy, Adrian Lester for the Lehman Trilogy, David Morse for How I Learned to Drive, Sam Rockwell for American Buffalo, Ruben Santiago Hudson for Lackawanna Blues, and David Threlfall for Hangman. Here is the seven. I knew there was one category yes, with right. seven. Um, that's a lot. That that's means a there was a tie. a three way tie, including a category that has three people from the same show interestingly two of those people were not eligible when the show was eligible um adrian lester joined the production for broadway i don't remember was david morris eligible for some of those categories since he did the show 20 years ago and ruben santiago hudson as well because he did his lackawanna blues 20 years ago as well well he would he actually won the drama desk though that's Um, so weird but but yeah i assumed david morris wasn't eligible uh but that is weird um so this is this is weird. This is definitely because of the seven and the way I had to redo this and, and I did this only like I would have caught this, like I said. But so uh Simon Russell Beale is highlighted, which means that he's gonna win, but that's actually it's actually not right. Uh because I something about adding the seventh, uh Ruben is actually apparently mathematically in the lead. I'm gonna go with Simon Russell Beale though. Yeah, I'm on record with Simon Russell Beale as well. Um, and I'm not quite sure whether to believe the highlight or the number, like something happened because there are seven of them and it broke something. So uh, the model is flagging Simon Russell Beale as the winner, even though it is the math that it's calculating doesn't show that. And I'm going to I'm going to imagine that it's smarter than, than all of us. And, and that and that's why can't be hard. Yeah. Can't be hard to be smarter than us. But yeah. anyway, all right. <laughs> Best performance by an actress in a leading role in a play. Gabby Beans for The Skin of Our Teeth. Lashans for Trouble in Mind. Ruth Nega for Macbeth. Deirdre O'Connell for Dana H. And Mary Louise Parker for How I Learned to Drive. This is one that is an absolutely stacked category. I feel like 
uh, this is Mary Louise Parker just because she's Mary Louise Parker and she rises to the top. I would love to see LaShawn's win this one, but I could see it being LaShawn's Mary Louise Deidre. I don't think Ruth or Gabby Beans are, are in the running here, but of those other three, I feel like any of those could win. So it was really interesting. And, and obviously, um, as I enter data, like that's random. I mean, normally it's not random. Normally it's sort of as things change. If the show closes, they're open. Their, you know, open column turns to close. And if, uh, you know, the show wins the drama, blah, blah, blah. blah. Uh, so this year was random, but I, I, I kept going to getting to this category and being like, wow, Ruth Nega is in the lead and I have no uh, idea why. Um, and even still, she's like middle of the pack, uh, but I don't think she's going to win. Um, Marilise Parker has the slightest edge over LaShawn's mathematically. Um, because she's still open. Uh, well, well, so what it is, um, yes, but, but LaShawn's won the outer critic circle and Mary was not eligible, I assume. Uh, so I'm actually going to go with LaShawn's, but, um, I'm trying to think this, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with LaShawn's, but Mary Lewis Parker has it, has the slight edge. Yeah, I think that's fair because I think uh, it, this is a weird one to go in and, and out of sight, out of mind can hurt, but it's hard to keep LaShawn's out of mind because well, well, she's, you know, That's LaShawn's. what I was going to say. And actually that production more than any other, I, okay, I loved Skeleton Crew. When I left Skeleton Crew, I said, that's the best play of the year. Um, When... When I sat down to do this, I can hardly remember Skeleton Crew. I can remember every second of LaShawn's in um, Trouble in Mind. Trouble in Mind. And that's just me, but that's part of why I'm saying she's good. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was about that performance, about that play, but there was just something piercing about it. And, and it stuck with me more than even my favorite play of the year. Um, and so that, that's why I'm saying LaShawn's. Yeah, I'm, I'm right along with you. All right, best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical, Billy Crystal for Mr. Saturday Night, Miles Frost for MJ, Hugh Jackman for The Music Man, Rob McClure for Mrs. Doubtfire, Jaquel Spivey for A Strange Loop. Man, I I was really taken up, like yesterday when, was it yesterday that the drama were announced? Or the day before? Uh, it was, uh, yeah, yesterday when we were, as of recording, yes. Jaquel winning that, I was like, whoa, why have this category so wrong? So he's going to win. Um, which I'm shocked at because I thought Miles Frost had this in the bag, but he has not won a single precursor award, which makes it really, and Jaquel has won both uh, the drama desk and the ad critics. So it makes it very hard for me to believe that Miles will win. If Miles wins, going back to like how to assess things, if Miles wins this award, and at that point, that'll be pretty late in the award. So we'll probably already know whether Strange Loop is doing. If Miles wins that award, uh, I would I would say Strangely won't win Best Musical. Yeah, but but I would never have said that earlier. I mean, I thought Miles Foss would have had this in the bag uh, until he didn't win a single thing, uh, and Jaquel swept the the precursor awards. I made a very unpopular prediction on today on Broadway that even though I think Spivey is the likely winner, and that's who I would pick if I you know in a Tony pool, I I just kind of get the feeling that the love for Hugh Jackman might still keep him in this race. Uh, no, That's what no, I was going to ask. No I was going to ask about the model here. What does the model say uh, for it's Hugh? Not, it's not, I mean, the, the, well, the model says he's got a 11% chance, but I, I'm, I, my reaction is the Oliver model, not the, not the data <laughs> model. Like I, there's just, 
he, my feeling is that, that Hugh and the Music Man is such a forgotten thing right now. Um, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't see that at all. Um, I mean, keep in he mind, is beloved. He, he has a Tony already, so it's not like it's like a career Tony. Yeah. Um, Does he have one or two? I, he might have two. Yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't see that as a as a likely possibility at all. I would just say. His co-star, Sutton Foster, did win the Distinguished Performance Award from the Drama League. Um, with not, it's not, ap- it's not apple to apples. It's, it's not apples to apples. But, I mean, some people that are voting for things had something to say. And although, as I said on Today on Broadway, I feel like that's more of a Lifetime Achievement Award for Sutton because there's only one winner out of 50 nominees. Yeah. But Hugh has also been nominated or been um, awarded. And I don't remember if it was drama desks or it might have been he was also, in, been he was also ineligible for that right he was ineligible for the drama league because he's already won but he did also get a special recognition from the, the drama league yeah, yeah. distinguished achievement in musical theater so it's just I, I i just feel like there might and you and i have talked about this like i kind of feel and i think you've heard some of the same things that i have that a strange loop might not be resonating with the voting public at large. There are 800 or, you know, 700, 800 voters, and it might not be resonating with the same, at the same level that it is with like the people who do the nominating. Yeah. Well, and also remember that the voters for the drama desk and the outer critic circle are more like are are critics and that they're more, if they're like anyone, they're more like the nominators than they are the voters. Correct. The drama league are just like dues paying members. Um, so they actually look a little bit more like the Tony voters, I think. Exactly. Um, but, and, and, and the model, uh, you know, weighs it that way. Um, but that said, when someone sweeps, you can't sort of ignore that. And, yeah. and, um, you know, critics are humans too. So, so are they, are surprising, they surprisingly they are and so <laughs> and so they share something in common with the tony voters as somebody who has written hundreds of reviews i'm i'm not sure that we <laughs> are humans anyway all right it will definitely be an upset but i'm just staking my claim to this like i would not be completely shocked if you won anyway, i'd be pretty shocked but okay i mean uh, look, let's look um um oh gosh what what was the award a couple years ago uh it was the academy award when when olivia coleman won no not when olivia when um anthony hopkins beat chadwick oh yeah 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 he was shocked i feel like that's kind of similar and even chadwick boseman had the benefit i mean pardon the the turn of phrase of being dead like he had the sympathy there and he still was that was pretty wild Uh, so i feel like this is similar to that but look look, that's this is what this is uh, really quickly before we go like this is why i love the awards game because the math can say whatever like there there's always an upset and also you know even if someone has a 90 percent chance of winning an award that means that there's a 10 percent chance they lose yeah. So, so that's why I love it. And, and what, every once in a while you get those few major upsets and, you know, sometimes it stings and sometimes it's amazing. And yeah. Yeah. I like uh, the upsets when it's like fun and surprising, not yeah. when it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and again, and I said this before on, on both of the today on Broadway episodes, when I talked about it, like this is not a knock on Hugh Jackman. I, I think Hugh Jackman is a wonderful human being who has proven himself to be a good person and a great ambassador for live theater and for Broadway. I don't think he's not my favorite performer, um, mm-hmm. especially in a musical. I, I didn't see the music man cause I was sick and they wouldn't cut me any slack on trying uh, to reschedule so. it. Um, but 
I would feel a little down if he won there. But anyway, moving on. Best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical. Sharon D. Clark for Caroline or Change. Carmen Cusack for Flying Over Sunset. Sutton Foster for The Music Man. Jakina Kalakongo for Paradise Square. And Mar Winningham for Girl from the North Country. I would be shocked if this one went to anybody other than Jakina, but maybe I'm wrong. No, that's that's right. Okay. Good. Yeah. And again, uh, yeah, it's pretty. I, I, I think, I, I think that's done. I think that's a. I think that's a runaway. Yeah, you don't have anything. Uh, I, although you did, you have any involvement with Paradise Square from a ticketing I'm, perspective? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the ticketing and pricing consultant on Paradise Square as well. Um, and also, and you work was with, in right. Slave it was play. in Slave Play, uh, um, and you know, it was which a Tony nominee for Slave yeah. Play. Yeah, which I produced. But, um, but this, uh, the math points to this. Uh, and and I think everyone everyone says it. It's it's a it's it, that performance to me is the emotional heart of the show, and and everyone who walks out of that theater uh, knows it. And so I think she's going to get uh, recognized for that. Awesome. All right, let's go to our final technical categories: best scenic design of a play. Nominees are Beowulf Borat for POTUS, Michael Carnahan and Nicholas Hassong for Skeleton Crew, S. Devlin for the Lehman Trilogy, uh, Anna Fleischleff for Hangman, who I interviewed about her design for the show, Scott Risk for American Buffalo, and Adam Rigg for the Skin of Our Teeth. Uh, things we go to the Skin of Our Adam Rigg for the Skin of Our Teeth. Uh, although, although I wouldn't be surprised if Lehman takes it. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting ones. Like, I thought the Hangman set was really interesting and really compelling, but I feel like it was oversold to me about how impressive that set was. For the most part, it was just the standard set. It had some different things come on, but I wasn't blown away with that one, although it was really interesting the first time you see what happens with the set. Mm-hmm. But the Lehman trilogy was just was such a complex and interesting part of the storytelling. Yeah. Uh, I, that I actually, not having seen a, the skin of our teeth, I would have, I would pick the Lehman trilogy, but I know the skin of our teeth was bonkers, ambitious and, and well, massive. Well, that's the thing is I didn't see it either. Unfortunately, the skin of our teeth. And, and I just know that it's, it's Lincoln center and it was bonkers, massive. Um, Lehman was so beautiful. And, and so, you know, the set really complemented the script and, and what they're doing on stage so well. Um, but I think Skin of Our Teeth is just like the more traditional best set winner. So I think it'll probably win. Yeah, that'd be great for Adam Rigg, too. All right. Best singing design of a musical, Beowulf Board and 59 Productions for Flying Over Sunset. Bunny Christie for Company. Uh, Arnolfo Maldonado for A Strange Loop. Derek McLean and Peter Negrini for MJ. And Alan Moyer for Paradise Square. What's the model say here? Uh, it says Flying Over Sunset. I I'm and actually it really doesn't love company and I'm feeling a company win. Okay, I love you going against I, your I, model. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I I thought flying. I think I'm in the minority here, but I thought flying over sunset for a Lincoln Center musical was a disappointing set. Fair. I didn't see it because I thought I heard the show was disappointing, so I just didn't well, even bother yeah, seeing that's, it. That's that's <laughs> true. I mean, you know, I I am I also slept through half the show, but um, but anyway. Uh, look, that's there are some times. I also saw it. <laughs> I also saw it. Omicron week, like the day I got out of my uh, COVID um, I uh, quarantine, yeah, yeah, yeah. like Omicron week. And it was like, I was just like happy to be in the theater and so sorry for everyone on stage because it was, it was the week that like no one was going to theater. And so it was, yeah. it was like empty and it, and it was beautiful, but it just like wasn't as beautiful as I expected and like a certain musical to be. Fair enough. All right. Best costume design of a play. Montana Levi Blanco for The Skin of Our Teeth. Serafina Bush for For Colored Girls. Emilio Sosa for Trouble in Mind. Jane Greenwood for Neil Simon's Plaza Suite. Jennifer Moeller for Clyde's. I don't... I I 
guess I would go with Skin of Our Teeth here, even though I didn't see it, because the other ones are fairly straightforward costumes where I feel like that has maybe because of the size of the cast in the different time periods, like that feels like the one to me. But I, what does the model say? Uh, I'm missing Skin of Our Teeth. Oh. Uh, I knew there was going to be. I knew, and I actually, it's interesting because I, I, no, sorry, no, I'm not. I'm missing. Uh, what did Emilio costume? Uh, uh, Trouble, Trouble in, in mind. mind. Yeah, I mentioned Trouble in Mind, and actually, I think it maybe did well in the other awards. I can't remember. Clyde's won the Drama Desk. Plaza Suite got an Outer Critics Circle nomination. It's the only one, I, and Less Trouble in Mind got one, which I don't have on here. Um, I, I'm going to go Plaza Suite. I. I, I feel like there's some love for Plaza Suite. I also can't remember why. I mean, I, 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 well, I sort of get why Clyde would, would have won the drama desk, but like, I think a Plaza Suite, I think Plaza Suite's going to win that one. All right. I have no thoughts on clothing in general. I have no style. All right. Best costume design of a musical fly Davis for Carolina or change Tony Leslie James for paradise square. William Ivy long. Interesting inclusion here, even though, because the cast kind of boycotted to have him involved with the show uh, for a day and the musical uh, Santo La Costa for the music man, Gabriella Sla Slade or Slade. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly for six and Paul Tazewell for MJ, another six person category. Yeah, I think Six is gonna is gonna win this. I really hope Six wins this. Um, Me too. Because Six deserves to win something, something. and I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna have a trouble. I think that's this is the clearest uh, uh, place where it's favored, and the model actually has it uh, uh, over fifty percent likely to win. I, I I'm really gonna be sad if Six doesn't come home with something. Well, this, this is the one category where it's also not up against Strange Loop. So yeah. you know, I, I I think it has it here. I, just, I, I feel like six deserves more than it's going to win. And that's not anybody else's fault. It's just by virtue of what else is nominated this season. Like, I feel yeah. like it deserves more. But um, all right, let's do best book of a musical. Um, we've got Girl from the North Country, Connor McPherson, MJ, Lynn Nottage, Mr. Saturday Night, Billy Crystal, Lowell Gantz, and Babalu Mandel, Paradise Square, Christina Anderson, Craig Lucas, and Larry Kerwin, and A Strange Loop, Michael R. Jackson. This is... Obvious, yeah, so, right. Yeah. So Michael R. Jackson is gonna win this first strange loop. And then and that that's sort of that's sort of that. Yeah. Um Do you wanna go into best score? score? Let's yeah. go to score. Score is right. more interesting. Yeah, best original score, music and or lyrics written for the theater. Flying over sunset, music, Tom Kitt. Lyrics, Michael Corey. Mr. Saturday Night, music, Jason Robert Brown. Lyrics, Amanda Green. Paradise Square, music, Jason Howland. Lyrics, Nathan Tyson and Masi Asari. Music, uh, sorry, six, the musical, music and lyrics, Toby Marlowe and Lucy Moss. A Strange Loop, music and lyrics, Michael R. Jackson. This is one where I could see six winning here. So it's really, what's really interesting about this is uh, we get to that that first thing you brought up, which is the awards last year versus this year, because right. six has swept the awards for original score this year. Um, it's got the Air Critics Circle, the Drama Desk, and because uh, a strange loop wasn't eligible, right? Uh, right, and the Drama Desk, right? The Drama Desk for best music and the Drama Desk for best lyrics. However, Strange Loop was a remember Outer Critics did the honorees, so every nominator, every nomination won last year. Um, so That's because right. of that, I just I gave it I gave it a win. It lost the drama for best music to Octet, but it won the lyrics. So because it lost to Octet and because, you know, all things other else, all things that we've talked about, at least else consider, which are, I, I sort of went through the, 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 the big drivers. That's a, they're both new. Well, obviously it's original score. Uh, they're, they're, they're both still open, et cetera. Um, six has a slight edge. 
if strange loop is good, I mean, it, it, this is like, this is not math. It's just like, you know, you and I both know yeah. voters like to just check down the line. I mean, it's just anecdotally the case where unfortunately I would, I, every year I'm like, maybe this is the year where voters spread the wealth. And every year that's not, that's not what happens. It's I not. mean, um, you know, and it, and it, and it, every single year. So because of that, I think strange loop probably has this, uh, but I would love to see six win this. I think six can win this. And I think six can win this without winning best musical. Uh, sure. But, and, you know, and like actually one of the things, and this isn't going to be model 2.0, this is going to be in like 2.5 or 3.0. But one of the things I'm dying to do is a dynamic, uh, is something I can run during the ceremony that dynamically updates based on what has happened. So each category that goes by the other category. Oh, interesting. Because you know that that has an, you know that has an impact because, you know, um, I, I mean, the clearest example, uh, Hades Town, uh, the, the band's mm-hmm. visit, uh, the inheritance last year on the play side. Yeah. You all see these all the things, technical like, awards early you, you, on. You know, know. There's a there's a there's an upset. There's a yeah. There's like a little upset in the technical awards early on, and then it's just like a a snowball. It's just like an avalanche. It just keeps rolling and getting bigger. So so um. But the the interesting question that I have is mathematically over the years, which which awards are most inextricably linked, and how and you know and is there a way that so anyway that's all to say. Uh, not, I don't have that yet, so I cannot say if this is mathematically um, uh, uh, backed. But what I can say is that I feel my gut says that that Strange Loop will win because of the phenomenon we've seen in the past. But I do think Six can win, and I also think Six can win and lose Best Musical. Yeah, to me, Six is the better score. Uh, I know that that's not popular. Um, I think a strange loops strength is on its book and storytelling the music didn't work as well for me as sixes did but Mm -hmm. we will see all right moving on to best revival of a play as we get into the production categories the nominees are american buffalo for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough how i learned to drive take me out and trouble in mind this is one where honestly I don't think they're all equally matched. I don't think their model is going to say that they all have a 20% chance to win. But this is a category where I feel like I would not necessarily be surprised if any of them won. Uh, actually, uh, it's um, – I'll just read through. 28% for Take Me Out, 27% for Highland to Drive, 21% for, for Color Girls, 13% for Trouble in Mind, and 12% for American Buffalo. That's not bad, actually. So it's pretty close, um, except for the two sort of, you know, like the sort of a – there's like a tie for uh, fourth, fifth, and a tie for one to three, basically. Yeah. So, so yeah, Miles says take me out. I don't know for some. I'm feeling Highlander Drive. I also can see a for, for Color Girls win here, but I'm feeling Highlander Drive. It just got, it just got, was so universally praised. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing of like it being, you know, sort of a non revival revival. And the concept of, of it, of, of recasting Mary Louise and, and David Moore. Like, I just, it feels like it has the best, the best pr- production package more than any other ones. I will note that this is the only show in this category in which the playwright would receive a Tony if the show won. Because mm-hmm. uh, Mamet was 
you know, the, the show had a Broadway run uh, right. for American Buffalo, as did for Colored Girls, as did Take Me Out, Trouble in Mind. This is its Broadway debut, like it is for How We Learned to Drive. But uh, Alice Childress is dead, so she is not eligible. You right. are only eligible if the revival, if you are alive. Yeah. You are alive. So Paula Vogel would win a Tony. I'm not saying that this will make a huge difference in the voting, but as I said on an episode of Today on Broadway that is not yet out, little things when there are close races little things can matter so if, if someone so, looks and says how i learned to drive versus take me out i want to pick between those two if 10 to 15 20 people say well if i vote for how i learned to drive paula vogel can get an award and i want to see paula vogel be a tony winner that could sway things it's so it's so funny you bring that up because this is one of those things that, like if i was paying a little bit more attention if they were really pushing you know paula vogel out i, I would have noticed but but now i'm thinking so yesterday I was on Instagram or the day before the, the drama desk day and my friend Cody Lassen, who's a, a producer of, of um, Highland Drive posted um, the graphic that they created for, for the win of, of the drama desk. And um, I got a kick out of it because the way that it was, it was uh, the way the graphic is the social media graphic that they made is um, winner uh, best revival of a play by Paula Vogel. And that's the name of the I, category. Best revival of a play by Paula Vogel. They used color to like, to differentiate it. So, so you had to sort of read into it to see the joke that I, that I, that, that I just, you know, very clearly it out yeah. because they, they did use color to make, it. but I just thought to myself, like how strange. And now I'm thinking about what you just said. And I'm thinking, you know what that was? It was an opportunity, whether this was conscious or not, like it, it was an opportunity of them for them to reinforce that Paula Vogel is the recipient of that award um, and is the person who would get that award. Um, because I thought it was like, I was like, it was, I was like, what a weird copy decision to, to because without the graphic element that sort of differentiated them, it, it's like uh, of all the plays by Paula Vogel, this is the one. Um, so anyway. Baltimore Waltz. Uh, so, so, but, but, yeah. But, but, but so uh, that makes me feel like they are very consciously putting Paula's name out there. And that you're right, and that will give this a little bit of a hedge, a little bit of an edge. Sorry. Yeah, and and it's and it's just such like in, in in tight categories, and like you said, the model has this pretty dang tight amongst five nominees. It doesn't take a lot of voters to swing things one way or the other. So we will right. see. Um, best revival of a musical. This one, I feel like we can just not even really discuss. But Caroline or Change Company or The Music Man. Caroline or Change, I feel like was the leader in the clubhouse when it was announced and even when it ran, but it is closed. And I feel like Company, if it doesn't win, I will be shocked. Company, actually, I'm looking at there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There are eight different variables uh, in this um formula and company is ahead in every single one of them so okay. yes 63 percent chance uh and i i would actually argue that's low yeah i yeah. i agree uh, yeah. all right let's go to best play the nominees are clyde's hangman the lehman trilogy the minutes and skeleton crew i love clyde's i would like to see clyde's win but I also adored the Lehman trilogy when I saw it at the Armory, and I would be shocked if that does not win. Yeah, so ninety-four percent of the time oh. over the last nine, over the last twenty-something years, uh, the play that wins this award is open. Um, I think we are going to get one. I mean, last year was technically 
Yeah, that's a I, weird year. That's but, weird. But I don't even think I factored that in. I think there's an, I think there's another uh, one or two examples. Uh, I think we'll see another example of, of it not winning because actually what is what is really strange. So you would think that because of the, because of ninety four percent and the model knowing that that the model would basically say it's impossible for something to win if it's not open. Yet <laughs> the model has it winning. Uh, it has it actually at a forty one percent chance, which is really high. Pretty good plurality. Uh, yeah. With with the with the next the next ones at nineteen percent, and actually the next ones are Hangman and the Minutes, which are the ones that are open. Yeah. I, so I think basically, Lehman Trilogy is going to win. Uh, and the things that are driving that, just so uh, it's like, one everything. It, yeah, it's one everything. It's also it's also way far ahead of the number of nominations, which is a big driver for the uh, best production category uh, prediction. Um, but this is the first time I've ever seen uh, a a, a, clo- a closed show, even in the upper echelon of of, of plays on the model, and it's uh, it's very telling. Very interesting. I love that. All right, let's go to the big one, the granddaddy of them all, the best musical category. The nominees are Girl from the North Country, MJ, Mr. Saturday Night, Paradise Square, Six, and A Strange Loop. This has obviously been a category in which everybody assumes that A Strange Loop is going to win. We've talked about the potential for a sweep for A Strange Loop, but there are voters, and the voters don't always go along with what the expectations are in a lot of awards. The Tonys have have aired, uh, dating back to, I I always say once is the first show that really sticks in mind. It might have been before that, but you know, over the last 10, 15 years, the voters have aired on the side of the smaller, more artistic, more forward-thinking, more... Um, dramatic literature shows so that would be in a strange loops favor although six is a small show too but not nearly as um you know dramatically resonant as a strange loop so to me i would be shocked if a strange loop isn't the favorite in your model um but i don't know that that necessarily will take the day but i feel like this is as not as close to a slam dunk as the lehman trilogy is but all indicators seem that it is so I want to talk about this, but I also, you know, I, I also have a Rangers game that I'm actually going to. I mean, yeah, I'm going to. I'm oh, you're late. going. I'm, go, oh. I'm going to Madison Square. So, so this is. Let's so this finish. is my way of saying. This is my way of saying we're gonna. Uh, I could talk all day about this category, but we're not. And also because our our, our listeners don't want that. You know, well, maybe they do, but anyway. Um, here's what I'll say. Strange. Uh, let me. Act, I think it's worthwhile to read the percentages on this one. Strange Loop, thirty-seven percent. Six, twenty percent. Uh, MJ, fourteen percent. Paradise Square, twelve percent. Mr. Saturday Night, 9%. Girl from the North Country, 7%. Uh, and I think that a lot of people would be surprised that Girl from the North Country is in last year. Um, but the the reason, the thing that's driving that is really that despite, like it didn't really do well in its off-road run with, in terms of commanding awards, um, like Strangely did. So anyway, here's the thing. Um, I've said this to a lot of people and I know like, I, 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 this is what I truly believe. I think Strange Loop is amazing. I love Michael R. Jackson. I think it is 100% deserving of the Pulitzer. I think it is the best piece of, of musical dramatic literature that we've seen in a very long time, maybe ever. Uh, I don't, I would, if I were a voter for the Tony, I couldn't as clearly say that I, that I would vote for it for the Tony. So either there's something different about the Tony uh, and the Pulitzer. And this is like the one in a million time where I would ever say that if I was the voter in both, and again, I'm a voter in neither, I might have split my vote here. And that doesn't make any sense because they're both like the pinnacle of excellence of excellence in theater and um, 
you know, especially when a, when a musical wins a Pulitzer. Um, so there are probably other people who, who feel that way a little bit. And there are also people, there are also people who I know just, you know, what I, what I also often say when I talk to people about a strange loop is that it is purposefully niche and, and purpose. And it is, yeah. it is very decidedly not for everyone um, in a way that uh, none of the other, no one likes, no show has everyone in their court, but the other one, two, the other five nominated uh, um, shows, I think, are trying to let people to make people like them more than a strange loop. Very explicitly, sort of usurps that. So the reason that that's important is like there are a bunch of people who Michael did not write this for, wrote this sort of two maybe, but not four. And those people are probably looking for other places to vote because where I happen to know that those people are looking for other places to vote, at least the ones I've talked to. Well, the reason I think The Strange Loop still sticks it out as, as Best Musical is I don't think any of the other five nominations have made a convincing enough case that I have seen uh, and a loud enough case that they are deserving of Best Musical. Um, in terms of campaigning, you mean? In terms of campaigning. A strange, I mean, A Strange Loop is the, it's a Pulitzer winner. It's, it won everything, even in its, in a, even in its off-Broadway state. It is the you know most nominated show this season. Um, it's, it, it is important. It is it is beautiful. It is uh, uh, in some ways revolutionary in terms of what is on a Broadway stage there. And it is as far as, you know, I'm a New Yorker. I'm, I'm walking on Times Square. It is everywhere. Like it is everywhere when I'm walking around New York and when I'm on Instagram uh, and, and Facebook, it's everywhere. Um, so because of all that, I don't know that it's possible that someone else wins. However, in another world where, I think it would have been a very, it would have had t- taken a really, really uh, uh, strategic and, 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 and like, you know, pointed campaign to, to go against all of that. But given the number of people who don't uh, sort of, uh, what's right, like, uh, uh, who don't um, see themselves in this in a way that makes them like it. And, and I don't see myself that much in it, but I still love it. Um, but some people don't. Uh, I think that they're just going to scatter their votes uh, among all six awards. Some of them are just going to vote for a strange loop because like it's the de facto winner. So because of that, I think it wins. I think the question is, does it sweep or does it just win this award? Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting. I, I, I would personally, as my favorite of the shows, I would vote for six, but I think it would be hard. You know, it, I would want six to win. If I was a voter, I think I would have to vote for a strange loop because of the heavy lift that it has. But all right, Oliver, you should have known that you shouldn't have scheduled this when you had to get I, to Madison Square Garden. You well, knew it's fine. You know what? They, 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 uh, these playoff games have been starting 20 minutes late. So I, okay. I am still going to get there before the puck drops, I think. All right, well, let's go Rangers. I will let you go. We will have all of Oliver's social media information in the show notes. I won't make him run through that. Enjoy the Tonys. Follow along with us. And it's all, uh, it's all at Oliver Henry Ross. So that, that's an easy one. There you go. Um, Perfect. Th- yeah. Thanks. I'll enjoy the Tonys. I'll enjoy the Rangers game. Uh, and hope, hopefully I did pretty well here. We'll see. We will see on Sunday night. All right, everybody. Enjoy the Tonys and we will talk to you later.